When you hear that jingle, you know the makers of Colgate Too Proud to present Al Jolson, his guest, Monty Woolley, and Carol Bruce, Parky Carcass, and Ray Block and his orchestra. And here's Al. I'm sitting on top of the world, just rolling along, just rolling along. The blues of the world Just singing a song Just singing a song Glory, hallelujah I just hold the parson Hey, park is ready to call Just like Humpty Dumpty I'm going apart And I'm sitting on top of the world Just rolling along Just rolling along don't want any million, I'm getting my share. I've only got one, two, just one, that's all I can wear. A bundle of money, it won't make me feel gay. A sweet little honey, is making me say. I'm sitting on top of the world, just rolling along, just rolling along. I hope, I hope you all had a pleasant New Year's. I know I did. I spent mine in Miami, Florida. And, Freddie, let me tell you something, boy. The trains were jammed. I had to stand all the way to Baltimore. And to pass the time, you know, I was reading a paper over another guy's shoulder. All of a sudden, the train lurched, and I swallowed a whole page of funnies. <laughs> wait, 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 just a moment now. Wait, wait, what are you laughing at, Al? I'd like to see Dick Tracy get out of that one. <laughs> But I, I finally got a seat on a train, Freddie. I sat right next to Henry Kaiser, you know, the shipbuilder. And that was even worse. What happened, Al? Well, when noontime came around, you know, 12 o'clock, Kaiser broke a bottle of champagne over my head and said, time to go to launch. <laughs> well, I suppose you stopped off at Washington on your way down to see your folks, didn't you? Oh, I certainly did. And let me tell you something, Freddie. It was so crowded in Washington, honestly, I couldn't find a place to sleep. Of course, I, I, I could have stayed in that empty room at the White House. But then you never know when Mrs. Roosevelt's going to come home. <laughs> but, uh, oh, but believe, believe you me when I tell you this. I was at the White House for lunch. But we had to wait about an hour before we could eat. Was somebody late? No, but the president had to call up the mint and have him send over a quarter pound of butter. <laughs> Say, Al, you mean it's just as hard to get food down there as it is up here? Hard? It's harder, Freddie. When you walk in a restaurant in Washington, here's what they do. They give you a card. The head waiter calls out a bunch of numbers, 
And whoever's young, whoever's not yet, lady, not yet. <laughs> now I gotta tell the gag all over again. Well, anyway. In Washington, it's so tough to get anything to eat that they give you a card, the head waiter calls out a bunch of numbers, and whoever yells bingo gets something to eat. That's it. Welcome back, Al. Carol Bruce, how are you? Say, how'd you like Washington? Oh, it's changed, Carol. I hardly recognize a place with all the Republicans back in town. You know, everywhere you go... Everywhere you go, people are singing that new song dedicated to the income tax department. It all comes back to me now. <laughs> and now our little Colgate girl, Cal Bruce, sings Taking a Chance on Love. Take it, Cal. <laughs> I'm hearing trumpets blow again All aglow again Taking a chance on love Here I slide again About to take that ride again Starry eyed again Taking a chance on love I thought that cars were a frame of I never would try Ah, but now I'm taking the game up And the ace of hearts is high Things are mending now I see a rainbow blending now We'll have our happy ending now Taking a chance on love Here I slip again about to take that tip again I've got my grip again taking a chance on love here I prove again that I can make life move again I'm in that groove again taking a chance on love I walk around with a horseshoe in And brother rabbit, of course you better kiss your foot goodbye. On the ball again, I'm riding for a fall again. I'm gonna give my all again. Tonight, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we present a new feature, The March of Time and a Half. First, we bring you a man from one of America's great factories. Sir, will you tell our listeners what your job is? I work in a powder factory. You mean you work for DuPont and fill those little cartridges with gunpowder? No, I work for Colgate and fill those little cans with tooth powder. Time marches on. You know, friends, they say that the quickest way to lose a sweetheart is to take their love for granted. But believe you me, there's an even quicker way. That is to take your breath for granted. That's why it's important for you to know that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate tooth powder stops all unpleasing breath and stops it instantly. Now, that's a scientific fact. 
So make sure of having a breath that's sweet and wholesome with Colgate tooth powder. And it's so easy, nothing extra to do, no costly mouthwashes to buy. You simply brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate tooth powder. Why, the very first time you use this remarkable new tooth powder, you'll feel how it bursts instantly into a lively, active, penetrating foam that swirls busily into those hard-to-get-at places, goes to work right where much oral breath trouble starts, leaves your mouth feeling completely refreshed, gloriously cool and clean. Meanwhile, of course, the soft, safe polishing material in Colgate tooth powder reveals all the natural, attractive brilliance of your teeth. And that's why I say to you... For a breath that's sweet and a smile that dazzles, get Colgate tooth powder. It's the tooth powder that cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. And friends, occasionally you may find a dealer who does not have Colgate tooth powder in stock. Now please remember that these are war times. We assure you we're doing everything possible to get supplies to all dealers promptly. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have as our special guest... Now, just a moment, my friend. I'll take care of my own introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know just what has preceded me thus far in this program, but I assure you that I shall be an improvement. (laughs) Some of you may have seen me in The Man Who Cares in which you agree I was exceptionally delightful. (laughs) I also appeared more recently in two pictures entitled respectively The Pied Piper... And life begins at 30, in which I might say without fear of contradiction, I hope, that I gave superb performances. I presume that was sufficiently identified, eh? My name is Monty Woolley, uh, spelled wrong. Just a moment, Mr. Woolley. Just a moment. This is my show, and I do the producing around here. Quiet, you crooner. <laughs> what do you mean, crooner? For your information, Mr. Woolley, I'm a song stylist. You ever see me get down on one knee? Hmm? You're nothing but a frustrated crap shooter. <laughs> I should have this radio show. I'm an actor. I have talent. I have personality. Yes. And I have just the radio show for you. Which one? One Hand's Family. <laughs> now, look, now, look, Mr. Woolley. Just because you're a big movie star, that doesn't give you the right to insult me. You know, I made a few pictures myself, you know. Yes, <laughs> I saw one or two of your pictures. Really? And what do you think of them, huh? Were there any other questions? <laughs> Okay, okay, let's forget about my pictures. Molly, please, let's not insult each other. After all, you did a really a wonderful thing last week when you played Santa Claus at Macy's. Oh, it was wonderful. Tell me, how'd you like it? Oh, quite the experience. Yeah? The little fellows didn't believe I was Santa Claus. Really? One of them tried to take off my coat, and another tried to take off my beard. <laughs> I didn't know whether I was at Macy's or Minsky's. <laughs> Money, money, I, I, uh, I can appreciate how you felt because I played Santa Claus in one of the department stores, too. Well, what happened? Well, one trouble little fellow was very destructive. He broke a pinball machine, trampled on the horse racing games, and smashed three roulette wheels. I take him over my knee, give him a spanking, but I'll never do it again. Well, why not? I found out I was spanking Mayor LaGuardia. <laughs> The mayor must have been pretty mad. Mad? He was furious. 
I made the mistake of spanking him with a racing form. <laughs> but I don't understand why you ever played Santa Claus, Monty, because in the Pied Piper, I, I got the impression that you, you dislike children. That, Albert, is malicious propaganda. Really. I adore children. I love to bounce them on my knee and cuddle them in my arms. Oh, pretty. Especially with the girls between the ages of 18 and 22. <laughs> well, I, uh, I like kids like that myself. For years, I've been trying to adopt Rita Hayworth. Mm. Rita Hayworth? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, a very lovely girl. Little on the mature side. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> to the victor belongs the spoiled. <laughs> but, Monty, I wanted to top you. The, re <laughs> the reason you prefer that is because you don't know how to handle infants. Nonsense. There's never anything wrong with a baby that a little Colgate talcum won't cure. <laughs> I didn't know the manufacturer that, too. Well, anyway. Well, look, if I were a baby, Monty, you'd scare the life out of me. Honestly, with that chiller grape on your push, really, you would. Are you, by any chance, a casting aspersions on my particular alfalfa patch? <laughs> no, Monty, I like it. I think you're a cute galoot with a zoot snoot. I really do. <laughs> but tell me something. What, what do you need that beard for, anyhow? Oh, don't be ridiculous, Albert. With this shortage of brillo, it comes in very handy for swapping hot. <laughs> Shortage of Brillo. Well, anyway, if I uh, a little poon. Well, anyway, if, if if I were you, if I were you, I'd shave it off. What? Me walk around with my face sticking out naked? Are you mad? I've always worn a beard. My father wore before me wore a beard. I guess I take after my father. How is it that you never wore a beard, Albert? I guess I take after my mother. <laughs> Now, suppose we have no further reference to my facial adornment. I came here tonight to be amused. Well, amuse me, Albert. You want to be amused? <laughs> you call that amusing? As far as I'm concerned, I could have more fun with a moron, an imbecile, or even an idiot. Hello, Kate. <laughs> well, you got your wish, Monty. Allow me to introduce you, gentlemen. Mr. Woolley... Park your carcass. Is that a name or an invitation? <laughs> Say, Jocelyn, if this is the fuller brush, man, that's a fine place to carry samples. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Parkit, wait a minute. Here's something you ought to know. Here's something you ought to know, Mr. Woolley. Wants no reference made to his beard. Okay, then I'll stop beating around his bush. <laughs> now, look here, my psychopathic friend. I'm afraid you don't realize who I am. Yeah. Do you ever see the man who came to deliver? See it? I was in it. You were not? I happen to remember every actor in the man who came to deliver. What part did you play? I brought the bicarbonate. <laughs> That's a fine way to talk about Mr. Woolley, who's been honored all over the world. Parky. Suppose you've been given banquets in 45 great cities. How would you feel? Oh. <laughs> you still don't even know who our guest is. Look, come here. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. Go ahead. Does the name Monty mean anything to you? Oh, sure. Well, this is Monty. You're crazy. This is Tuesday. Yesterday was Monty. 
But I didn't come here to dilly-dally, Mr. Willy-Nilly. Not just Willy. Not Willy-Nilly. We just told you it's Woolly. Do you get it? Woolly. Listen, if I could get Woolies, I wouldn't be wearing cotton. <laughs> May I try out? Yes, go ahead. I never had a stooge before. Yeah. Now, look, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Park Your Torso. <laughs> Park Your Torso? Say, the least you can do is get my name right, Mr. Woolworth. Woolworth. <laughs> Woolly, Woolly. Lee, Lee, Lee. Oh, Lee. Yeah, Lee. I know your sister, Gypsy Rose. <laughs> Moment, fat boy. I guess. I'm a very tolerant man. From now on, I'll have no more of your lip, upper, or lower. <laughs> you are an insignificant, unsophisticated, insipid excuse for a man with the personality of a dead halibut. <laughs> boy, is he insulting somebody? <laughs> but let me tell you something, Mister Pulley. The name no. is. Is woolly, not pulley. Yeah. A pulley is something that belongs at the end of a rope. Well, start swinging. Park it, park it, please. Yes, and let me tell you this, Mr. Scully. The woolly, woolly. You may think what you're a great actor, but you know they put me in a picture next week which is expected to win the Academy Award? Mr. Yes, sir. And my leading lady they're giving me is the most beautiful girl in the whole Hollywood. A Lana Turner? No, sir. Very grateful? No. Uh, Hedy Lamar? No. Well, what grammar girl are they giving you? Elsie the cow in a sweater. <laughs> Mr. Woolley and Mr. Jolson will return in just a moment. Right now, friends, the makers of Colgate Tooth Powder have asked me to take this time to pass on a very important message from Uncle Sam. Message to you women about a vital contribution to the war effort that only you can make. Only you can supply the waste kitchen fats that are necessary to make high explosives. Only you can be depended on to save these waste kitchen fats, tablespoonful by tablespoonful, and to turn them in so our fighting men can have the bullets and shells they need to win this war. Remember that no amount of waste fats is too little to save. A tablespoonful a day adds up to a pound a month, enough to produce the gunpowder it takes to blast an Axis tank wide open. And so every time you prepare a meal, pour off all the waste cooking fats into a clean, smooth-edged can, won't you please? When you've saved a pound, take it to your meat dealer. He'll send it off to war. Make it a habit in your kitchen. Save waste fats every day. This is Marty Woolley again, ladies and gentlemen. At the rehearsal this afternoon, I was thrilled, as I hope you will be, by the musical selections you are about to hear. They're all from the pen of that late, great genius, George Gershwin set in brilliant new arrangements by your conductor, Ray Block, and sung, as I have never heard them sung before, by your star and my friend, Aldo.
love you, my dear old Bonnie. The folks up north won't see me no more when I get to that Swanee shore. Someday he'll come along, the man I love. Then he'll be good and strong, the man I love. And when he comes my way, I'll do my best.
That's all for tonight. We hope you tune in next week at this time. We'll bring you another great guest star. That great American humorist, Robert Benchley. And now, ladies and gentlemen, good night. Thank you. Don't forget, friends, it's the day for next week of Al Jolson's guest, Robert Benchley. Presented by Colgate Peace Powder, the peace powder that cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Broadcasting System.